Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, March 17th, and we start, as always, with local news. U.S. Representative Andy Ogles is firing back after funds raised in memory of his infant son are being called into question by several news outlets. Andy and Monica Ogles raised more than $23,000 in a GoFundMe campaign after the death of their son, Lincoln. Help us help other families, the description reads on the GoFundMe setup, which was set up in 2014. The fundraiser's initial goal was to buy plots at either Mount Hope Cemetery or Williamson Memorial Gardens and help other grieving families with the financial burden of burying a lost child. Contributions for the Ogles family poured in over the course of a year after the couple launched the campaign. A spokesperson for GoFundMe confirmed that the money was raised and was paid out to the organizer of the fundraiser. Ogles is listed as the organizer. A year later, however... Ogles told the Tennessean that there were unexpected regulations with the burials and that none of the money had been spent. Ogles, now a freshman congressman representing Tennessee's 5th District, was recently asked by News Channel 5 what happened with the money. He declined to answer in the moment, but his office later provided a response to local outlets. What we raised wasn't enough for our original goal of a more significant memorial, so the purpose evolved from a memorial to direct financial support for families covering the cost of funeral expenses and other needs for their children as opportunities to help arose, the statement says. Ogles then lashed out at the original story by News Channel 5 calling the questions disgusting lows. The smear campaign and muckraking against me is one thing, but questions about my son have crossed a line and I will not tolerate it, the statement says. Exploiting the death of any child in an attempt to gain some sort of journalistic fame is vile, he wrote. Ogles' spokesperson did not immediately respond when asked if financial documents would be released showing the payouts helping families or if they could connect the Tennessean with a family who benefited from the fundraiser. Pam Stevens, an owner of Williamson Memorial Funeral Home, organized an effort to help families. In 2015, she said she told Ogles other families had a similar idea and offered to pull the project together. All I know is I offered my help and they never reached back to me, Stevens said Wednesday evening. Stevens said the funeral home decided to move forward with their own fund to help families in need. An application filed to the Marshall Murray Municipal Solid Waste Planning Region Board by Barge Design Solutions on behalf of Remedial Holdings and Star Hill Eco Park, the company attempting to expand a landfill on the former Monsanto site in Murray County, contends the property is not subject to the Jackson Law. Recently passed by the Murray County Commission and City of Spring Hill, the site was thought to have been protected by the City of Columbia's passing of the Jackson Law in 2013. The Star Hill Eco Park property has been used continuously for industrial activities, including ancillary uses such as processing, transferring, handling, recycling, and disposal of Class 1, 2, and 3 waste since well before the adoption of the Jackson Law, as well, bef- as, well as before the adoption of zoning in Murray County in 1986. Accordingly, the property is exempt from the Jackson Law review process and is provided protection under the Tennessee Non-Conforming Property Act. As a legally non-conforming use, the application presented to the board reads, 
Barge contends the site's use predates the law's passing, which precludes the site from local jurisdiction. The application states the proposed expansion meets the criteria laid out by the Regional Planning Board. The proposed expansion meets all of these criteria largely because it is located on a site historically used for heavy industrial activities, including ancillary uses but not limited to waste disposal, and is not on a new undisturbed greenfield, it reads. The 1,373-acre site's conceptual plan includes a compost facility, solar farming, waste tire processing, material recovery facilities, wetland mitigation and enhancement along the Duck River, and metals recycling. The proposed expansion will have a significant positive impact on the local economy. Both Marshall County and Murray County, as well as the City of Columbia and outlying areas, will receive a huge economic benefit from the proposed expansion, as well as from the Star Hill Eco Park as a whole, the letter reads. Not only will the project provide growth opportunities for the region, it will also bring recognition to the region for its leadership in recycling and reuse. The project will increase revenues, save costs, and provide jobs to residents of the area, the letter states. The letter also states the property is not subject to any setbacks or buffers from the Duck River due to the site having been operational prior to any adopted restrictions. While local opponents concede a small landfill used to safely store phosphorus has been operational, the intent of the project is to become a much larger facility. This small landfill is now being used as a tool to build a dump on hundreds of acres of the Monsanto property, including part of the Harlan Family Cemetery. This company, Trinity, has a total disregard for our community and is trying to propose this dump on our river as a solution to the waste problems of Tennessee. Gail Moore wrote in a statement to local media. On Wednesday, farmer Sam Kennedy led a group of around 200 local Murray County residents to the State House as legislators were set to hear arguments for designating the stretch of the Duck River alongside the property as a scenic river, which prohibits certain developments, including landfills, along the banks. Due to lack of time, the bill was rolled to next week, where a large contingency is expected to fight once again against the landfill proposal. Representative Scott Sapicki, who is the chief sponsor of the bill, is calling for the protection of the Duck River as not only one of the most biodiverse rivers in the country, but also the main source of water for some 300,000 Tennesseans. According to opponents of the landfill, a dump like the one proposed could well put that water source in jeopardy. Columbia State Community College will host former Congressman Bob Clement for a special presentation on March 30th at 4 p.m. Like his father, Congressman Bob Clement has enjoyed a remarkable life and career in public service, said Dr. Barry Gidcom, Columbia State Professor of History. Because it was Governor Clement and his Commissioner of Education, J. Howard Wharf, who created the community college system in Tennessee, we thought it fitting to invite the congressman to speak at Tennessee's first community college and in Columbia State's building named for Governor Clement. Gidcom said. The presentation is an opportunity for the community to visit with and listen to the former congressman who has a unique connection to Columbia State. We're looking forward to hearing what Congressman Clement has to say about his life and career and the legacy of his father, Gidcom said. The presentation is free and open to the public that will take place on March 30th at 4 p.m. in the Ledbetter Auditorium located in the Clement Building on the Columbia campus. A winning $350,000 daily Tennessee jackpot lottery ticket was sold in Spring Hill. According to a Tennessee lottery news release, the winning ticket was sold at the Main Street Food Lion grocery store, but no information about the winner has been released. 
The Tennessee Education Lottery Corporation reports that more than $6.5 billion has been raised to fund education programs since 2004, with players winning more than $18.5 billion in prizes and lottery retailers earning more than $1.7 billion in commissions. Efforts to preserve the Sandy Hook Historic Bridge have received a boost from the international community. The Sandy Hook Bridge was recognized by the Bridge Hunter Chronicles International Bridge Award Contest, receiving three gold medals and one silver silver medal. Sandy Hook received awards for Best Kept Secret Individual Bridge, Bridge of the Year, and Best Bridge Photo, while finishing second in the Endangered Trust category. Bridges from Canada, Germany, Ukraine, Poland, Great Britain, and the U.S. were part of the competition. More on the awards can be found online at www.bridgehunterschronicles.wordpress.com. The bridge has five concrete arches with parapets and was built by W.B. King in 1916. Murray County originally planned to remove the structure for safety reasons, yet locals have put up a fight to ensure that demolishing the bridge doesn't happen, but instead restore the bridge as a pedestrian crossing, the website states in its report. Kevin Davis, the chairman of the Sandy Hook Historic Bridge Foundation, also stated that the foundation is beginning talks with Ten Green, a park and walking trail agency in Nashville that helped develop the Stillhouse Falls Nature Preserve in Rockdale. Hopes are for a walking trail between Stillhouse Falls and the Sandy Hook Five Arch Bridge, with a small park area with benches and picnic tables alongside the bridge's bank, Davis said in in an email to Main Street Murray. The bridge has been blocked off for over a year by the Murray County Highway Department, and at its 2020 inspection by the Tennessee Department of Transportation, was deemed to be in poor condition. The bridge's future is also tied up in the court system, as a complaint by the Sandy Hook Foundation alleges that the Murray County Highway Department and Superintendent Van Boshears did not follow the proper procedure when closing off the bridge. No hearing date has been set. Historian Richard Quinn, a Murray County native who served as regional historic preservation planner for the area during the 1980s, has created a video testimony as to the historic significance of the Sandy Hook Bridge. The Sandy Hook Bridge is truly significant. I can't think of a single surviving bridge in Murray County with more character, Quinn says in the video. Plus, it was the work of a local craftsman, which gives it extraordinary local significance, he said. The bridge is also under consideration for the National Register of Historic Places, as the Army Corps of Engineers has placed the site on its agenda to consider it for historical value. The estimated cost of the bridge's demolition is $1.4 million, with Murray County being responsible for $280,000 of that amount. The annual Mid-State Classic Softball Tournament took place at Columbia's Ridley Park on Wednesday. Touted as the most attended tournament of the entire season of collegiate softball, thousands of fans showed up in the chilly March air to watch three exceptional softball games. Second-ranked Tennessee overcame an early deficit to defeat Austin P 6-1 Wednesday in the nightcap of the Mid-State Classic College Softball doubleheader at Columbia's Ridley Park. It was the Lady Vols' fifth victory in as many appearances at the event, which dates to 2014. UT's previous wins came in the inaugural matchup against Middle Tennessee State, as well as consecutive shutouts against Belmont in 2016, Memphis in 2018, and MTSU in 2019, prior to last year's 8-4 comeback victory over Memphis. Catcher Julia 
Kautsoyanopoulos <laughs> hit a fourth-inning solo home run to snap a one-to-one deadlock, and Ashley Rogers threw point two scoreless innings of relief with 13 strikeouts to pace UT to its 16 straight 16th straight victory and improved the team's record to 21 and 1. Austin P slipped to 11 and 9 with a loss despite a complete game effort from Jordan Benefield to the circle. Macy Roberts and Morgan Zueji each had hits for the Lady Govs with Zueji scoring the team's only run on a third inning wild pitch. In the opening game of the doubleheader, Motlow State defeated Columbia State 7 to 0. Prior to the college contest, Columbia Central defeated Tullahoma 10-2 in a morning meeting at Ridley Park. Community service can mean a world of different things, but for Jay Lipscomb and Thomas Brown of All Hands on Deck, it means finding a way to both give second chances, but also preventing the need for one. All Hands on Deck began as a service where Lipscomb and her team helped adults regain certain levels of freedom by helping to get criminal records expunged. We started doing something as simple as community service by helping people redirect their lives. We started doing expungements in the area, helping people clean up their criminal records so they could have better opportunities, she said. We saw people get better job opportunities, get better benefits, such as government benefits, due to a flaw on their record. It could prevent them from feeding their kids or getting a home, she said. The feeling of watching someone come out of the courthouse with a new lease on life is one the folks at All Hands on Deck never take for granted. The feeling is indescribable for me. I get emotional to see that we can play a small factor in helping people redirect their and their families' futures, Lipscomb said. Brown said hearing the stories of those who come out ready to be able to simply vote again or even for the first time is amazing, but also to hear the stories about what's next for those people is what he most enjoys. When they come out of the courthouse, I take their picture and they will sometimes share what they're doing for it, and some of it is just remarkable, he said. While working on those expungements, though, Lipscomb noticed a disturbing trend that most offenses were sometimes from juvenile records. We found some of those issues stem from youth-related issues. We came up with this concept of walking upstream to see why they were falling into the stream and bridge that gap, she said. While the nonprofit organization still handles expungements, they have shifted much of their focus to aiding the youth in Colombia to never need it. We are able to train the youth with work ethic and give them the skills needed to get jobs in today's society, Lipscomb said. Sometimes we're putting our youth into boxes rather than letting them be creative. We allow them to expand their minds and see how they can implement that and create a future for themselves, she said. Brown said one of his main goals is to provide a roadmap for the young men in the community about what it means to be a man. We were always taught that to be a man, you have to take care of the women and children in your community. And that's gotten lost somewhere down the line, he said. I want to make sure I can get young men to understand that con- that concept, and that is part of being a man, he said. The organization is partnering with a local 4-H club on an overnight summer camp to help begin teaching those life skills. The camp is scheduled to begin July 3rd, and registration to become a member of the All Hands on Deck team is ongoing through social media and their website. You can visit them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash A-H-O-D dot org. This is home, Lipscomb said of Murray County. This comes from the heart, and we want to see people thrive, she said. 
Columbia Fire and Rescue received a grant for $514,050 last week through the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, to provide funding directly to fire departments to increase emergency response staffing in communities nationwide. According to FEMA.gov, the SAFER grant, which stands for Staffing for Adequate Fire and Emergency Response, was created to fund fire departments and volunteers to increase the number of trained frontline firefighters. U.S. Representative Scott Desjardins said in a press release, The Columbia Fire Department has some of the finest public servants working on behalf of their community. In 2018, I voted to secure more funding for the Columbia Fire Department so they would have the proper resources to serve the men and women of their city. I thank all first responders for the many sacrifices they make to ensure our safety, he said. Desjardins represents Tennessee's 4th Congressional District, which included parts of Murray County until the most recent redistricting. The $514,000 award amount will cover both salary and benefits for three new emergency response staffers for three years through March of 2026, coming at no cost to the city of Columbia. Fire Chief Ty Cobb said his department has seen an increase in emergency response calls on the north side of the city, specifically at Fire Station 5 in Neapolis and Fire Station 3 located off Bear Creek Pike. With the new Ultium battery plant site in Spring Hill, Cobb said emergency calls will only increase. With a recent increase in local development comes the increase in demand for emergency response, Chief Cobb said. This grant allows for us to continue to provide the best possible emergency response for our citizens as we adjust to accommodate future growth, he said. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Daryl Craig Vinson, 69, a resident of Roswell, Georgia, passed away in Atlanta on Tuesday, March 7th after a short illness. Funeral services will be conducted on Tuesday, March 21st at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home with Deacon Dan McCulley officiating. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies today with a high of 59 coming to us early in the day, followed by a drop in temperatures to around 45 by midday. Winds will be out of the northwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect some clouds and widespread frost likely. The low will be 27 degrees. 
For your weekend forecast, we will have partly cloudy skies with a high on Saturday of 49 and on Sunday of 43. Overnight lows will be brisk in the high teens and low 20s with hard freezes expected. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, tennesseechildrenshome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. If you've got a yard, you may plan on digging it, like to build an addition, put in a pool, or bury your pirate booty. But you should know that throughout the country, there may be pipelines buried underground. And if you hit one, you've got trouble. Sorry. So before you dig, call 811 to have any buried pipelines located and marked at no charge. For more tips on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. State lawmakers advanced legislation Tuesday that would put fewer third graders at risk of being held back this year under Tennessee's 2021 reading law. The law, which pins retention decisions on how well a student scores in English language arts in the annual Tennessee Comprehensive Assessment Program test, would be revised to consider results from a second state-approved test, too, but only for third graders who scored just under the state's proficiency threshold on their TCAP. The legislation would also direct the State Board of Education to develop rules for appealing any retention decisions for students who scored as uh, approaching proficiency. And it would require that any public school student held back in kindergarten, first grade, or second grade undergo tutoring during their following school year. The House K-12 subcommittee advanced the measure, which was similar to legislation filed last week by House Education Committee Chairman Mark White, after studying a flurry of other bills to revise the law. Parents, educators, and school boards have flooded lawmakers' offices with complaints about the state's stricter retention policy, which takes effect with this year's class of third graders. Committee members ultimately rallied around the compromise bill that passed on a voice vote. The measure widens reading test criteria for retention, but keeps the state, not local educators, in control of those decisions. The legislation still faces multiple votes in the House and Senate and could put lawmakers at odds with Governor Bill Lee. The Republican governor pressed for the law and is urging the legislature to stay the course on the state's literacy strategy. His strategy draws a clear line in the sand to prevent social promotions and includes free tutoring and summer learning camps to help struggling students catch up on learning, as well as options for retesting third graders who are at risk of being retained. Contrary to what critics will say, Tennessee's reading success plan is about moving kids forward, not holding them back, Lee wrote in a recent editorial published by the Tennessean. A spokeswoman for the governor offered no further comment Tuesday night when asked about the bill's advancement, but the leader of the state's largest teacher organization called it a positive step. Multiple measures are important when understanding student achievement for young children, said Tanya Coates, president of the Tennessee Education Association. A year-end task that runs for 180 minutes for 8- and 9-year-olds should not be the only way we understand where students are in English language arts, she said. Only a third of Tennessee students read on grade level, according to state testing data. The existing law puts tens of thousands of third graders and more than 2,700 students in Memphis Shelby County Schools, the state's largest district, at risk of being held back this year if they do not take advantage of summer learning opportunities and tutoring. We don't always get it perfect the first time, said Representative Sam McKenzie, a Knoxville Democrat, calling the proposed changes an improvement. Asked by McKenzie what percentage of third graders would be at risk of retention under the proposed changes, the bill's sponsors could not give an accurate estimate but said there would be an impact. There would be more retained if we didn't pass this bill, said Representative Scott Sapicki, who is carrying the bill in the House for White. Third grade is considered a critical marker for reading, which is considered foundational to all subsequent learning. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Nashville Zoo has announced that they have welcomed a new tiger. Anne, a seven-year-old female Sumatran tiger, arrived recently from San Diego Zoo Safari Park. The zoo said her arrival is thanks to a species survival plan breeding recommendation. Because tigers are solitary animals in the wild, the zoo says Anne will rotate into tiger crossroads along with Felix and Francis. Out of the three tigers, Anne is the smallest of the group with a large dot on her cheek. If you go looking for her, you can learn more at www.nashvillezoo.org. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great weekend.